0: Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night virtual fuel experience. Thank you for just carving out some time to spend some time in the word with me, with the marketplace movement. We again always want to tell you how honored we are, how privileged we are, that you um, continue to be with us, to support us. Thank you for everything that you do. We are still looking forward to some changes in our virtual experience in July. In July, we're going to be zeroing in, just fine-tuning what we do and how we do it, and we'll be giving you information as it pertains to what that's going to look like. And we are not in any way going to stop uh, going virtual, but what we are going to do is we're going to continue Going to start sending you all to one singular location so that everybody can be together, so that we can all interact with each other as we uh, are in this virtual space. We'll be posting links to our social media sites so that you can get there, but we want us all to be in one virtual congregation, if you will. The way it works right now is, you know, all of us are kind of all over the place in viewing and we'll continue to uh, be on Roku and Apple TV and all of those places that we are. But we want to make sure, especially for those of you who come to us on computers or tablets or phones, that you can come to one singular location and you can see your virtual brothers and sisters in the chat. You can interact talk to each other, and so we are working on that and we're going to be uh, just really getting fine-tuned and focused in July. I'm not demonizing anybody for being virtual. I'm not coming against that because we recognize, especially during our midweek experience, that there are some of you who just cannot, for one reason or another, make it to the cathedral, but we're going to continue to give you a virtual experience that is um, not only top Uh, top of the line, but that it gives you the opportunity to really understand and dig into the Word with us. So look forward to that information. Today, uh, we're going to continue on uh, our series. We just started uh, on Sunday a series called Rediscovering the Family. And we are talking about the power of the pattern. If you weren't here on Sunday, I need you to just go ahead And look back at that, look back at that message, the power of the pattern began. And let me give you my overarching thought, then I'm going to uh, restate the points that I had. I'm not going to reteach the lesson, but I'm going to restate the points so that those of you who were here on Sunday, but that you cannot come tonight, um, that you will get an opportunity to just check your notes really fast. Um, and then we're gonna move forward and we're gonna finish off the points from Sunday. So my main argument is this. The pattern, when followed correctly, will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. I'll do it again. The pattern, when followed correctly, that is an important nuance there. When followed correctly, will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. Because patterns produce, all patterns produce something, and so we have to make sure, there's a couple of things that this brings up. Am I following the right pattern? Am I qualified to follow that pattern? Am I following the pattern correctly? Because again, the pattern when followed correctly, will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. After the lesson on Sunday, as we were preparing to close up our service, I was speaking to uh, Elder uh, Orlando and we were sitting there having a conversation and I I leaned over to him while he was uh, playing the drums. And he said, when I was in school, I had to take a blueprint reading class. Listen to that. A blueprint reading class. He said, because blueprints, Lord have mercy, are filled with symbols and everyone can't read a blueprint. That is good. And I told him and, you know, I said, I'm going to bring that out because it is true that everyone can read the pattern and you have to be trained to read the pattern. You know, you it, it reminds me of the Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch had a blueprint in his hand. He was reading the book of Isaiah. But when he was asked, do you understand what you are reading? His reply was, how can I unless someone teaches me? And so as I am trying to articulate the importance of the pattern, I also need you to recognize that pattern reading requires training. So that you can correctly decipher, Lord have mercy, what the pattern is saying. So what I said on, on, on Sunday, and I need somebody just go ahead and put in the uh, comments, if you will, patterns produce. Put that in the comments. So number one, God designed the pattern. This is, this is absolutely ground zero. God designed the pattern and the produce. So. We need to make sure that we understand that anybody else that is trying to offer you a pattern outside of the pattern of God is illicit. God designed the pattern and if he designed the pattern, he also designed what the pattern is going to produce because the pattern when followed correctly will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. In order to generate a pattern, you have to know what the end result is going to be. All right. And he wants the pattern. God wants the pattern and the produce to match and to reproduce. Number two, patterns lead to presence. Patterns lead to presence. Anytime I have a blueprint, the intention of the blueprint is that it's going to create in physicality what the blueprint has in principle. Lord have mercy. And so when you have the blueprint of the house, if you follow the blueprint correctly, it will generate a house. The blueprint in and of itself, you can't live in that blueprint. You can't can't sit down in that blueprint. Um, You can't touch Uh, what that blueprint is going to produce, but the pattern, when followed correctly, will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. So, a pattern will lead to presence. The presence of what? The presence of what the pattern creates. And I'm not trying to, um, you know, give us a tongue twister or anything, but I need you guys to understand. If you want the presence of God, what is the pattern that generates God's presence? If you want peace, what is the pattern that generates the presence of peace? If you want healing, what is the pattern that generates the presence of healing? If you want joy, what is the pattern that generates the presence of joy? Because a pattern leads to presence. But watch this, because remember, everything produces after its kind. The pattern is a seed. The presence is the harvest. And so it's really simple for us to go through our life and start saying, what seeds am I sowing? Lord have mercy. And I understand that we have oftentimes minimized. I talk about this often. We have minimized the principle of the seed to two dollars and cents. But whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Whatsoever, Not when a man sows money, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so we have to understand every pattern is going to produce something and it's going to lead to the presence of that which has been sown. So when we say we want to be with the Lord, Lord, I want to be with you. I want to be where you are. But we refuse the pattern of the presence. We're really disqualifying ourselves from that which we are asking. We're disqualifying ourselves Again, I'm going back, trying to be real fast here. I gave us four realities of godly patterns. Number one, godly patterns are loving guides, not painful burdens. They're loving guides, not painful burdens. Number two, godly patterns are rules, not preferential options. Number three, godly patterns are blueprints awaiting builders. Lord have mercy. A blueprint awaiting a builder. My mercy. Number four, godly patterns are promises awaiting obedience. Here's our third major point. The fruit of a regenerated life is in our ability to continue the pattern of the Lord. The fruit of a regenerated life is in our ability To continue the pattern of the Lord. Now, when I talk about continuing the pattern of the Lord, I said this Sunday, I need to say it again. I'm not talking about continuing this pattern with frustration or aggression or murmuring or complaining or any of those things. Following the pattern with joy, consistency and exactness. Joy, consistency and exactness. All of this is recapitulation. Uh, Colossians 1. Colossians 1. Let's read. Um. 1 21 through 23, although you were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him. How holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If so, there's a contingency in verse three, holy, blameless and beyond reproach is only possible if I continue, if I stay in a particular state. If I continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. So he says, listen, you got to continue or stay in the state of the faith. Stay in the state of what you have learned, what you have been taught. In other words, what Paul is saying is continue the pattern." You are not following the pattern if you are modifying the pattern based upon your feelings, your circumstances, or even when you think it's hard. You have to stay in the pattern. What does the word say? I want everybody listening to me right now to ask yourself this question. What does the word say about the situation that I now find myself in? Whatever it is. Even if you are not, because see, we oftentimes look at this um, only when it comes to things being bad. But if you are right now in a state of peace, a state of joy, if right now you are in a state where all your needs are met, and I'm talking about tangibly, I'm not talking about like you're, that's just your faith declaration. I'm talking about bills are paid, everything is where it needs to be. If you're in that state, watch this. We often don't ask this question. What does the word say about that state? state? What does the word say about that? One of the things I know the word says about that is, watch this, he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies your seed sown. So if you're in a state of joy, don't stop sowing joy to get more joy. If you're in a state of peace, don't come out of that pattern. If you're in a state of provision, don't come out of that pattern. In other words, don't let your guard down and mess around and get hit in the mouth. Okay? Number four. The pattern is not of our choosing. This is new material. The pattern is not of our choosing. One more time. The pattern is not of our choosing. You don't get to say, God, this is the way I want to do it. This is Now, again, we have volition. We have free will. We can go about things however we want. But if you want to get a biblical result, you got to follow the biblical pattern. The pattern is not of our choosing. You know, as a matter of fact, let's look at Matthew and let's look at his co-mission, his co-mission. And it's important. And and I'm saying it that way on purpose, because it is not a single person mission. It's a co-mission mission Which means that in order for us to fulfill the commission, we must be co-laboring with God. We must be co-laboring with him. And how can two walk together unless they agree? So the pattern is not of our choosing. We have to do what he said to get what he promised. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore, this is verse 19, make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 is where we get our key. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. Wait a minute, verse 20 again. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Notice Jesus doesn't say, teach them to observe what you want. Or, teach them to observe the things that you feel like they need. Or, teach them to observe what you or where you feel like they are the most deficient. Or, do a felt needs survey and then teach them based upon what they think they want. That is not the commission. What Jesus says is, tell them everything I told you. Which means that the the apostles here did not choose their curriculum. The curriculum was chosen for them. They had to teach according to what they had been taught. They had to follow the pattern. And I'm arguing tonight that even in many of our churches, we're not following those patterns. We're teaching what we want. Or what the people want. Or what we think is vital. Or what we think is good. Or, even worse, what's popular. What's trendy. Um, but that's not what the commission said. The commission said, teach them what I Taught you. Pattern is set, follow it. Pattern is set, follow it. I, listen, for pastors watching me right now, I understand the burden, even the real fear that can come with teaching something that you believe is going to cause consternation among your congregation. But the commission is teach them what I have commanded you. Furthermore, listen to this. If it's a commission and we're in co-laboring with God, if the Holy Spirit, if the anointing to teach rest on the curriculum of the scripture, <laughs> anything else we teach lacks that anointing. Which then means that we have to teach that in our own strength, in our own will, in our own way. And then we start uh, pushing gimmicks and manipulation. And even for the congregation that's listening to me right now, people of God, this, the scripture, is the pattern. It's the way. This is what we should be focused on. And so when we're going somewhere, My challenge to you is don't pick your own pattern. Don't pick your own pattern. So you don't get to go in and say, I'm going to do what feels right. Because feelings can be fickle or I'm going to do what makes me happy. These are the things that we are hearing in many of our modern churches. Do what makes you happy. Do, you know, you better go after yours, get yours. But wait a minute. What happens when the pattern dictates something that our soul doesn't like? Your mind will emotions, intellect and imagination. When the pattern begins to dictate something that that upends your flesh. What happens when what makes you happy doesn't please God? So you got to follow the pattern of the word. Not what you think is right. What does Proverbs say? There is a way that seems right unto man. The end thereof is destruction. It also says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him and he will uh, direct or make your path straight. So you don't give yourself what yourself wants, what your flesh desires. Godly patterns, hear me. Godly patterns must be taught. Write that down. Godly patterns must be taught because patterns are passed down godly patterns must be taught number two godly patterns must be received because something can be taught but not received godly patterns must be taught godly patterns must be received and then here's number three godly patterns must be passed on they have to be passed on you should you should be able to look at your circle and see the pattern that you're working on. I know that that can sound um, unpopular, foreign, even unfamiliar. But watch this. Look at look at um. Look at Psalm one. Look at Psalm one, please, because. I think that we are surrounded. When you surround yourself with people that have contrasting patterns, you're in trouble. We know this psalm: How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, let's stop. The counsel. That 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 were or that pattern of the wicked. You don't even want to walk in that counsel or to follow that path. You don't want to stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. So it says his delight is in the law of the Lord pattern. In his law pattern, he meditates day and night, and then the pattern will produce. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of wo- of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, prospers. And so, here's what you have to start saying: Am I receiving from a pattern contrary to what I'm trying to produce? Now. We're gonna be in the world, we don't have to be of the world. Everybody in your life falls into one of three categories. They are either a mentor, peer, or student. So they're either uh, one to pour into, you're uh, co-laboring with, or you are pulling them up. Now, you can have a person that goes in and out of each of these areas, But I do want you to look at all three of those and look at the people in your current circle and say, are these people in my life living a contrasted pattern to what I'm praying for? And if so, who are they to me? Because it's possible that you are taking advice from people who are living a contrasted pattern. Because again, the pattern is not of our choosing. Jesus was the manifestation. Listen to this. Jesus was the manifestation of a followed pattern. In other words, when you look at the life of Jesus, he shows us what we're supposed to look like if we follow the pattern of the word. I'll do it again. If we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus shows us right now what we are to look like if we follow the pattern of the word. No, 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 Bishop, you know he was he was God. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these. He is the visible pattern. It's like a puzzle. If you look at a puzzle and you just dump out all of the pieces, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to put that puzzle together without looking at the box. Because the box shows you the image of what the constructed puzzle is going to look like. In other words, the box says, if you do it right, it should turn out like this. That's Jesus. We look at the life of Jesus. This is why we have to teach them. Because see, so oftentimes we teach what Jesus taught, but we don't even teach how Jesus lived. And some, and some, even more egregiously, only teach what Jesus did and don't teach what Jesus taught. See, following this pattern, following this pattern, we should be producing people who are in his image and after his likeness. But in order to do that, we have to, to teach what he taught. See, the pattern when followed correctly will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah 55. And let's start at verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it barren sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Watch, so will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing, watch this, what I desire, not what we desire, what God desires and without succeeding in the matter for which I sin it, not for which we sin it. For which God sent it, which means that the pattern has a target. It has a purpose. And when the word of the Lord comes forth, it's going to accomplish what God intends for that word to accomplish. And so if I follow the pattern of the word correctly, it's going to produce what the pattern word says it's going to produce. Says it's going to produce. And if we look at pattern seed, produce, harvest. If he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies our seed sown, he gives word to the one who's willing to use it. And he multiplies the word when we declare it. And that word is going to come back and it will not come back void. It's going to accomplish what God sent it forth to accomplish. It's going to do what God declared that it's supposed to do. And even when we look at the first century church, go to Acts 2. It's my last passage. Even when you look at the first century church and you look at Acts chapter 2, I want you to understand they've come out of the upper room. Jesus has ascended. They've gone to the upper room. They've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, they, the, the church is in its infancy. It's growing. But I want you to see what happens in verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, pattern, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. They didn't make up a new pedagogy because Jesus was gone. No, 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 no. They locked into the pattern. They said, listen, this is what we've been teaching. We're going to keep teaching that. And that's what we were taught. See, this whole idea, we need to teach something new. We need to do. No, 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 no. I keep telling the saints, we're going back to the future. If we want to move forward, we got to lock into the pattern. If you want to move forward, God, what is the pattern? What is the way that you told us to do this? Times have changed. Yeah, but God is omega, not just alpha. And if God is omega, there's nothing new in our future that is not already past tense to God. So when we start saying stuff like times have changed, we're literally acting as if God is surprised by what we're surprised by. Furthermore, we shouldn't be surprised if we are receiving our marching orders from the one who knows all. So they continually devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the pattern. And the result, the harvest of the pattern was this. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Wait a minute. Everyone kept feeling, which means that they had felt a sense of awe. But in order for what they felt to continue, Lord have mercy. They had to lock into the pattern that created it in the first place. If we want to see the power of the scripture, there's a pattern for that. If we want to see the unity of the scripture, there's a pattern for that. If we want to see the anointing of the scripture, there's a pattern for that. If we want to see the peace in the scripture, there's a pattern for that. If we want to see our churches have impact like the church in the scripture, there's a pattern for that. You find the pattern, you can get the harvest. You can get the harvest. The pattern when followed correctly, will generate the results intended by the pattern maker. I'm not the pattern maker. God is. His word will not come back void. It will bring forth what he sent it to do because patterns produce. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.